to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show taking you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Oros with KMOV. Happy New Year. We are excited to be back with some brand new episodes. And a new year means new beginnings, like this one we're talking about on the podcast this week. Danny Eichenhorst, she loves a good story, and she's been helping share stories all around St. Louis for years in PR and marketing. But it wasn't until her good friend, Steve Ewing, asked her to help him craft a press release announcing the closure of beloved Steve's Hot Dogs. That was back in 2019, and that is when her story started to change. She decided to help him keep the place open, and as partners, they've not only reopened, but have since expanded and grown in the last three years. Now, her and her husband are continuing to add to the chapters of their story with the Fountain on Locust. The popular restaurant located in Midtown opened back in 2008, but Joy, the longtime owner, was looking to retire. That's where Danny once again stepped in, hoping to carry on the magic of the spot known for its ice cream martinis. Danny joined us on the podcast to share how she continues to write new chapters in the story of her life and how it all revolves around the story of St. Louis and building a better community. So let's meet Danny. So thanks for joining us on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited to finally get a chance to sit down and talk to you. Yeah, I mean, New Year. Uh, you've got so much going on. How is the start to 2022 going for you? <laughs> well, it's not, it is not what we envisioned with, with COVID and everything happening. And so it feels a little bit like a flashback to a couple of years ago, trying to look, look ahead and pivot and, and figure out how to do things right. But, um, I, I'm feeling really hopeful. I mean, we've done this before. We kind of know what to do. And so yeah, does that we, help that we're not in that same position we were in 2020, where it was completely new? You, you kind of have the, the blueprint there. Absolutely. I think, you know, as much as we all want to live without it, we've, we've learned how to live with it <laughs> and, um, and, and we know where to go. So, um, at, at Steve's we're we're it's, it's a, ve- it's a very easy pivot for us at Steve's hot dogs mm-hmm. and my other restaurant, the fountain on locust, it's a, it's a new business for us. And so we've got to just kind of, we're, we've been working on putting all of that same infrastructure in place like we had at Steve's. So, but we, we do know where to go. Well, let's start with <laughs> the new business venture. Let's start with the Fountain on Locust. What made you take a look at that restaurant and say, I'd like to build a future there? Um, well, it's one of my favorite spots in St. Louis, and I have such a heart for the city and for protecting and growing the things that I love. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but if you look back at, at my career and kind of the projects I've chosen to be involved with, I've been involved with City Arch River um, and Great Rivers Greenway, Salvation Army, all these great sort of institutions in the city in my career up until now. Mm -hmm. And all kind of just with uh, being of the mind of growing and protecting St. Louis and, um, and the things that I love about it. So this is one of my favorite restaurants that I've ever been to. And it just came up in conversation with the previous owners that they were wanting to retire and it was just kind of thrown out there would we be interested um and at first we were just like are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it seems like a really you know easy time to take on a a new adventure (laughs) 
Yeah, but, and we, t- we took our time and we thought about it because, you know, you don't want to jump in there and take something that's so cool um, and not do it justice. So, uh, but but ultimately, we just were like, you know what, they, they want to phase out. We've got what it takes to phase in. We think that we could have a lot of fun here um, and, and almost take some of the, I mean, there's, there's some, some things we can take from what we've learned in our, our time at Steve's Hot Dogs and apply it here in terms of building a community and using your restaurant to be more than just a restaurant to Mm -hmm. be a a real community hub especially we're both big into the arts and the fountain on locust is heavily connected to the st louis arts scene well it's right Um, there in the center really of all of one of our you know of so many of our wonderful arts institutions Exactly. And so we just saw all this opportunity once we allowed ourselves to kind of have our imaginations run wild. And we were like, oh, in the ways that Steve's is able to help the community and um, uh, people that are hungry and first responders and all this stuff where it's more than just a restaurant, we've got the opportunity to do that here. But with the arts community, mm-hmm. um, you know, tying into foundations and arts programs and things like that. And so it just, it really got us excited and we, we just, we, we took our time, but then at some point it clicked and we're like, no, we've got to do this. So you had the conversation, the owners wanted to retire. Talk to us a little backstory on the fountain for those that maybe aren't familiar with it. Sure. So the fountain has been in the Midtown District for around 15 years. It was started by Joy Gridnick. Um, and if you're not familiar with her, she is just a quintessential St. Louis character. She was mm-hmm. um, she was originally a DJ um, on Casey in the 70s with her husband, Ron Stevens. Uh, and just a total rock star of a human being and super, super creative person. They, they were, you know, they had, um, a comedy act that they did together on the road, uh, all over the United States. They had Mm. comedy albums, even in Europe. Oh, wow. Uh, they are just, they're such a talented, fun couple. And Joy started the Fountain on Locust as a small sort of cafe. It was going to be a chocolate bar originally. And it grew into this awesome art deco uh, experience here in Midtown. And I really, this area of Midtown blossomed with it. It mm-hmm. wasn't, the neighborhood was not what it is now. Oh, it's when incredible the, the change that Midtown has seen there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so it's, it's very much a touristy destination in some aspects it's on the on all the must-see in st louis um lists but it's it's also a place where a lot of people go before and after the the symphony or the theater um for for a meal but it's art deco florida ceiling and joy painted um all the murals in the building she handmade all of the booths of um church pews and she handcrafted all of these giant chandeliers herself wow. she's just an incredible artist. That's amazing. Do you remember your first time going there? I do. I brought my son, who's now 18, when he was uh, probably, he, he was kindergarten maybe, and he was just in awe. We were having an awesome day of trains. He was really into trains. And we did like <laughs> <laughs> Union Station and we did uh, the Metrolink and all of these things. And we stopped off for ice cream to cap off a, uh, off a great day. And he just was blown away and it was the perfect ending to an already great day and that's kind of where it lives in my memory and my imagination for sure did he have a reaction when uh you said you were taking it over 
Oh, yeah. He was like, are, are you kidding me? We did a whole family meeting about it, actually. <laughs> We're like, are you guys OK with this? Our whole life's going to change if we go in this direction, you know, and and they were very much on board. And, and he's he's interested in culinary things. And oh. so he got excited in that, you know, in that aspect. He's very excited. It obviously holds a special place in your memory and so many other St. Louisans. What can people expect um, for the future of it? Will there be changes made? How do you hope to, to keep alive what so many people love while also growing it? Well, that's that's a great question. I think, you know, our our approach from the day we walked in the door was this place is magic it's been a magical sort of date night spot for us um there's so much good here we don't want to do anything to jeopardize that we just want to continue on creating this awesome experience where people can step back in time have a great meal cap it off with an ice cream martini or a big dessert and 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 walk out the door full and happy um and it really be this place where they can make memories uh from a business perspective perspective, you know, I'm, there's all these opportunities for, you know, adding delivery and just kind of making things uh, stronger in that aspect. And, and that's, that's really, those are the things I'm focused on is just this, the things that I'm, I'm good at. I'm a marketing person, um, a technology person, an operational person. And so you, you, if you work here, you've already seen sort of my fingerprints on things. I'm just um, putting things in place operationally. Uh, but I don't intend, and my husband doesn't either, to really change that much about it. Well, the thing that we love to do is to collaborate and to uh, to to play with other businesses, to reach out. Like we we're already talking with Andy from Crown Candy about what, what can we do for Valentine's mm-hmm. together that would be a lot of fun. Um, and so that's you've, you've always seen us do that over at Steve's Hot Dogs. And we're, we want to do more of that here, only maybe, um, you know, we do it with some of our local arts partners as well. We did like a pretty woman drink when the pretty woman was at the Fox and we want to do more of that working within our community. But I think you can expect the same great experience. You'll, but I think inevitably you'll see our, our fingerprints here and there, but we really love joy and we really love her vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and our hope is to just kind of continue that in a lot of ways and carry it forward. You mentioned bar- marketing really is is kind of who you are. And, and talk to us about how that path led you to the restaurant world, because that wasn't always your path. No, you know, I do say yes to a lot of things in life. And it, <laughs> it does take me on a, it has taken me on an interesting path. But um, yes, I was, I, I had a marketing agency for years called Blank Page Consulting. And I actually still do some work through there um, on occasion for people. But uh, one of my clients was Steve Ewing and Steve's Hot Dogs when he opened his restaurant on the hill. Mm-hmm. And um, I helped him through a crowdfunding campaign that helped him ex- expand his restaurant from the hill to Tower Grove. And then I just stayed on doing project work for him and kind of picking up uh, other projects for other restaurants along the way. And I just realized that in the process of my 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 agency was started with the express purpose of, of helping mom and pop restaurants and small businesses and nonprofits. I really wanted to help the little guy and, and make marketing services accessible for them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and because so, that's a challenge for so many businesses that they they can't afford uh, a PR company, a marketing person, and we know that that can really help drive a business and their success. Big time, you know, and I think so much of it, it's interesting because at Steve's, you know, we've always had a very robust presence on social media. We've done our SEO work. We've done kind of all of that stuff. And that is what drives the business day to day. It's how we built a community from scratch. And at the fountain, it's I'm walking in and, and they're very, very successful and they've never done any of that. Mm-hmm. And so sort of um, unearthing what their secrets to success are has been this awesome treasure hunt for me to just figure out, OK, well, well why did this work so well? You know, and what can we learn for Steve's here at the fountain? And um, but I think it's 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 always a challenge. Marketing is such a, a, a you need to have it, you know, you're, you're, you're running the business, you're dealing with uh, hiring issues and supply chain issues and trying to drive a great customer experience. And you've got to sit down and tell a story that's compelling and gets people to come in. So, right. <laughs> and you know, it's interesting. We, I just was looking back, we had Steve on the podcast in January of 2020. It was right before Things weren't looking good, and they ended up deciding to close, I believe is – or wait, is that the correct date? Yeah, January 2020. Yeah, and I remember that. But he then reached out to you to help, what, craft the press release to announce that, and then everything changed. Walk us back to that and how that all happened. Well, that was – yeah, <laughs> that was – that was the day. So he he texted me and just said, hey, uh, can we talk? And I was like, absolutely. And he, so we, we had a quick chat and he was just like, I can't do it. He was like, I, he said, I, I, I can't do this anymore by myself. It's it's become too much. It's just I, I need to close the doors on on this location. And can you kind of help me do it in a way that that sends the message appropriately and we can do it gracefully, but also give people a chance to come in one more time. And I said, absolutely. Um, and I did a video and a press release and a number of other things in such a way that I was hoping he would, he would see the response from the public. Mm. So you in your mind knew this, this shouldn't be the end. Yes. A hundred percent. I was just like, Oh my gosh, there's so much magic here. And um, I, I myself from doing the campaigns with him knew the momentum and sort of the, the advocates and the community that had been built there. And I thought if we could just honestly tell people what's going on, mm-hmm. that they would want to find a way to preserve this. Sometimes it's, um, it's too hard to admit when things aren't going right. And, um, but if you can, and you can do it in such a way that, you know, not, I don't know, that's not a total bummer for everyone to hear, but they, they, if there's something actionable there for them to help, but they will. And, well, and uh, that's interesting. I think we've seen that with some other restaurants, some other businesses where they come, they're kind of upfront about it and say, look, we're struggling. And without you guys, we might not survive, which because from the other end of the spectrum, I feel like a lot of times we'll hear about a business closing and then so many people are like, oh my God, I wish I had known they were in trouble. I would have gone more. So it's interesting to see restaurants and businesses kind of come in front of that and say, hey, if you want to keep us, come get your butts in your seats. <laughs> yeah. And I think in, I mean, we got lucky with the timing because, it, you know, I'm, it, that's not my natural state is talking about the problems mm-hmm. that I'm encountering and what a bummer things are and like whatever, because everybody has their issues <laughs> and you don't want, that's not what you want to talk about all the time. And so that was, it was interesting. That was, that was 
probably the first time I've ever crafted a message and pushed it out. That was, that was truly like, um, that was, that was, we've got to go. I'm sorry. It's just not working. That sort of a thing, hoping that there would be a response. I think if, if Steve's closed now, and we had to do that again. I don't know. I don't know that the response would be exactly the same because we're now two years into mm. a, a pandemic and people have fatigue and right. they're all struggling too, you know? <laughs> so this um, almost, because so this think, was right before the pandemic hit. Exactly. And so at that point, it was very, uh, you know, people weren't a- accustomed to seeing the struggle. It was, mm-hmm. it was sort of on the front end of all of that. And so now today, I mean, it, it's just been a brutal couple of years. And so we're all trying to save everything and shore up everything. And so I've thought about that before. I thought, man, if the timing was different, could we have done it? You know, who knows? But I do know there was a, this, this awesome community. Cause when we did, when we did push out the story, there were just lines down the block for days. And, um, and did that and surprise he, you or did you know in your heart that's what would come? I knew it, that I knew exactly what would happen. Um, I just wanted Steve to see it for mm-hmm. himself. Mm-hmm. And I'd said to him, I said, Hey, but it like, you do not need to close this. Like I'll find a way to invest. We can do this together. We'll figure it out. And he said, it, it's too hard. I, you know, let's just go ahead and close it. And I said, okay. And then my husband and I had a conversation. I was like, I can, I just think I can show him. I don't think he realizes mm-hmm. uh, what a special sort of community he's built here. And so I said, let me do my thing and tell the story with and for him. And we'll just see if, if there's interest, there's interest. If there's not, there's not. And I hit send on the press release at seven o'clock at night on a Sunday and by Wednesday, he pulled me aside and was just like, well, we got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was seeing all these kids come through his restaurant who had grown up in the restaurant um, that, that really got him to pause and say, I can't, I can't just close. Like, this is where they go. This is, it's like a family thing. Mm-hmm. And I love watching these kids grow up. So. And you decided that you did want to take a part and invest and was that, I mean, a, a pretty big shift for you to go from the telling of the story part of your job to being in it inside yeah, of the know, story, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was a weird place because you're stepping into something that somebody has built that's theirs and you're becoming a part of their story mm-hmm. um, at a time of difficulty. And even though he's my friend I just felt it felt very weird and one of the first people that wrote the story called me um an angel investor and then a whole bunch of other people said things that praised me and my husband and I was like no man (laughs) like it is our honor and privilege to be a part of this like we this is our friend and you just help help friends when you can and it it worked out really it it worked out beautifully in the end like for all three of us you know you you go from a business being in turmoil to suddenly like gaining your footing as this newly formed, newly created version of it. And now we've got three partners. My husband's an accountant. I do the marketing and sort of the um, operational side of it. And Steve is the magic on the, on the food side and the fun side. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it works really well now, but of course, you know, there was all this transition of telling people what we were doing and then figuring out, you know, what that would look like over time. What's been the biggest lesson learned in the last two years? You know, I think that it has been 
grows slow. It probably appears to everybody on the outside that we're doing all kinds of things and maybe we're not growing slow, but we're just trying to, there've been so much opportunity thrown at us um, in the last couple of years. And we're just trying to take a deep breath and look at what's right for the brand. And I think um, we sat down, the three of us as partners and said, okay, what's important to us? Because we can go any number of ways. There's so many people that, that wanna do stuff with us, but what's important to us? how do we not let our brand get swallowed mm -hmm. um, in all this different opportunity that could come our way. And that's been, I think that's been a big thing. I'm very much a yes. And always running, always doing kind of person. And Steve is too. Um, and luckily Marcus, my husband makes us sit and pause and think <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and take a deep breath. And what do you really want to do here? What's the goal here? And the goal for us is, you know, um, building something in our community that's worthwhile, something that's more than just a restaurant, something where you've got the the rock and roll side of things. So we've got the music and the entertainment, but it's still a place where you can bring your kids. Um, and, and so always striking that balance because it's very easy to go one way or the other when you've got that little bit of rock and roll vibe <laughs> and these things that you can do. You sure. know? <laughs> and you guys moved locations onto South Grand. What has that move been like? Have you been able to keep that same magic that people were used to in this new space? I, I love the new space and it was a, it was a good move for us, but these things are never that, you know, cut and dry it was, it just was a massive undertaking for us. And of course it lined up right personally right when we were taking over the fountain. So sure, yeah. it was, <laughs> there was a lot there, but it, it has been very good for Steve. Steve's was, if, um, when we started out on the Hill, there was like maybe five tables in the whole restaurant, I think something around that. It was very, very tiny. And if you, you came, you may not get a seat. And then he had the space on, on in tower Grove that was just a little bit bigger and could accommodate a, little, a few more people, but we would still have several times a month, these occasions where we would just have people lined up down the block or around the building, um, to get in. And then, uh, they had no place to sit once they did get their food. Mm -hmm. And so this was just, uh, Fred, our landlord there, the owner of TikTok, actually suggested one night, he was like, Hey, the, the Manja space opened up. Why don't you guys go explore it? And, uh, I thought for sure that would be too much, too big, unattainable for us. And it just, it lined up perfectly. It was actually beautiful because we'd um, started hosting all these events on our patio and kind of shutting down the street in our neighborhood and doing these street festivals. And it was awesome, but it was such a massive undertaking. And with this new space, we've got an entire park connected on the side of our building where we can just do this stuff all the time. Um, and, and really build a, a community hub. So I, we're, we're excited. I think 2022 is our opportunity because we came in right at the start of fall. Um, so I think 2022 is going to be our opportunity to really truly utilize the space and, and build out what we envisioned there with the, the park and the, the music venue. And now we have a bar added into the mix as well. What do you hope for in 2022 as everyone's looking at their resolutions, their goals, you accomplished a lot of big things in the last two years. So what does 2022 look like for you? 
<laughs> well, my husband and I actually set a, a different kind of goal this year. Every year we set goals and we, we kill them. We try to anyway. Um, and this year our goal is to get both restaurants in a really strong place so we can take a couple of vacations. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to balance it out. I think that there's so much we want to do, but if you don't take the time to recharge, you can't keep going. What does that look like for you? What would a, you know, I think so many restaurants not only are just trying to survive, let alone become very successful, but talk to us about what that looks like and how you navigate year two, entering year three of a pandemic with two restaurants um, in a in a great food scene. How do you navigate success there? I think, um, well, I think for us, you know, what we're going for at the moment is just stability mm-hmm. um, for for both restaurants. It's we're in such a difficult hiring climate right now, where you know that I I've had several weeks at the Fountain where I've put in forty to fifty hours just interviewing candidates, and and you'll have fifteen interviews scheduled and fourteen of them no show, um, and then you'll hire a couple of candidates and they no show, and we're big believers in growing with and through the people that are in our universe. They come here and they give us their time and their talent and their energy and they show up every day. And, and why should they just be building something that's just for us? If that makes sense, you know? And, and so I think it's, we're in an interesting place where all restaurants need to be thinking a little bit like that. You, you know, you need to think about the culture that you're building so that, People want to come work for you and they want to stay once they get there and they see opportunity for growth and challenge. And so that's what we're trying to build here. And we are already seeing the fruits of that, the the employees here at the fountain and the employees at Steve's, they see that, they feel that they bring their friends to work. They refer other people to come work with us. They stay. Um, and we just want more of that because there's always natural attrition, but it's just so hard to fill the gaps right now. Is there a hope that, that things are going to get better? I mean, we know it's been such a challenge. Is there some hope that that we might be coming on the other side of this or, or are you worried? I, you know, I'm in a weird place at the moment. I, we alternate, my husband and I were just joking this week a couple of times. One day I freak out and then the next day he's like, okay, now you be cool. Cause I'm going to freak out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and there's, there's always um, a reason to freak out, but um, uh, I think you just keep moving forward, right? If you have a solid business plan and a long-term vision and you know that on paper it makes sense and you know to p- and you're willing to pivot when pivots are called for, um, uh, then it's probably going to work out. It's just maybe not going to be the easiest road along the way. And I think with both of our restaurants, we have solid business plans. We have something very, very special that you're not going to get anywhere else. And now it's just a matter of weathering what, what, what gets thrown at us along the way. This is certainly not, you know, what owning and running a a restaurant or a food concept was five years ago, let alone whatever. Yes. It's it's a totally different game. Um, And you know, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. And I have a lot of hope and I, I just, I, I can't wait for the day when it's all fun again because we have 
so many fun ideas when we got into Steve's our our whole idea was events and catering and and all of these things that we wanted to do there that just went by the wayside for such a long time and we have so much fun we want to have at the fountain too so i'm i'm hopeful that there's something on the horizon and that but because i think we all you know we're, we're figuring out how to live within the parameters that we've got a little bit and um and in those moments where we can have fun i want to create opportunities for people to have levity and to get away from the stress of the last couple of years just have a good meal like let me give that to you. Well, I mean, ice cream is definitely a good cure for stress. So I think you've got (laughs) a good formula there at the fountain. (laughs) Oh, yes. And, you know, we've got amazing people here too. So we've been really blessed. (laughs) For those that maybe haven't been to the fountain in a while, and this is their inspiration to, to get a visit in, what do they need to order? Oh, well, you know, the pickle soup was the one thing that we were told you can never take this off the menu. So if it, and it for someone legendary. hearing that and saying, what pickle soup, yeah. what are we talking about? It's a it's like a potato based uh, dill pickle soup. It's a Polish recipe that from Joy's family. And it is just it's award winning and people come in here every day looking for it. So I would say if, if pickles are your thing, give that a try. But um, we're also the home of the ice cream martini. And we've got a spectacular Toblerone ice cream martini. We've got some amazing retro cocktails. My favorite is the T.S. Elliott. And um, we do lighter fare. So our food is a little bit lighter so that you've got room for ice cream and ice cream <laughs> martinis. Um, so I would try our bird seed salad. Um, that's that's what I'm about to eat right now, actually. <laughs> there you go. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to talk us through the journey you've been on. What's your piece of advice for someone who hears this and, you know, maybe is on one path, but looks at the food industry, especially here in St. Louis, and says, maybe that is the crazy path I want to go down. What would be your piece of advice? Oh, well, I mean, you know, if, if you've got good business sense, go for it. If you don't get good business sense first, <laughs> I would say don't, don't go it alone. That's been the biggest thing. You know, I, I, I would have never attempted the fountain on locust without my husband. And I, I, do, I have no idea how Steve did it on his own for so long at Steve's. I mean, it works because there's three of us. It works because we have great partnership, not the secret to the success does not live in any one of us. So surround yourself with good people, be open to collaboration and get to know the other awesome restaurateurs in the St. Louis food scene um, because they will give you solid advice. They will collaborate with you. They will give you resources. It's, um, It's just an unbelievable community here. So plug in as soon as you can. like this that leads you to listen back to some of our previous episodes. So go check out episode 30 with Steve Ewing of Steve's Hot Dogs. We sat down with him right before he thought he had to close his doors forever and just before the pandemic hit. Danny also mentioned collaborations with Crown Candy, another great podcast we've done, and Grand Center. That's where Found on Locust is located. We love talking to the head of the Cranesburg Arts Foundation during episode 36. We always appreciate you listening, and we always want to hear your ideas for who you'd like to meet on the podcast. For now, 
Thanks for being with us, and we'll meet you back here next week.